Welcome to the Radio Bold News Pod. I'm Mike Sakel with timely conversations for Sullivan and the Catskills and beyond. We are going to be talking about New Hope Community today, and I have the pleasure of uh, welcoming 2022 with uh, New Hope Community CEO Deborah McGinnis. Deborah and I have spoken a few times before, and uh, and we want to talk a little bit about uh, the community aspects what what really makes new hope community here in our sullivan and the catskills community and uh, deborah first of all welcome great to have you here well thank you mike it's always a pleasure to speak with you so i appreciate the time first of all for those individuals that have heard the name new hope community one of the largest employers here in sullivan county of course talk to me a little bit about the details what it is that new hope community is all about sure Happy to. So New Hope Community was established in 1975. So we're going on our 47 years and we are a large not-for-profit voluntary provider agency that provides supports and services to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So we have in Sullivan County, 42 different residential programs where we have adults with developmental disabilities living and we have approximately 245 people that live in their own homes throughout Sullivan County and we also have a really great day hab without walls program with a lot of involvement in the community that's a Monday through Friday day program we also have one on site on our campus in Lock Sheldrake which is considered our living arts center they have a lot of really cool activities at the farm that we have on the college campus with SUNY Sullivan, our Hope Farm, which is an organic farm. And we have horses and our McCoy stables on our main campus that are ridden and we have art and music and we've got greenhouses. We do supported work programs and we have um, probably about 30 some odd individuals currently that are in the community working. And we do a little self-direction where people get to have a budget and use that to choose their services and individually craft what they want their service profile to consist of. And let me think, we have a beautiful, beautiful campus right on Route 52, and we just finished a sensory garden on our campus, and it's going to be ready for full use in the spring. It's absolutely beautiful, obviously, with its five different sections. And we have a division in Westchester County in Pleasantville that provides community habilitation and respite services to about 420 people throughout the Westchester area. A lot of activity, so much going on at New Hope Community, and that's that's not surprising. Like you say, you've been part of the community here since since the mid seventies and uh, continue to grow. So we wanted to uh, get together today and talk a little bit about how New Hope Community, a nonprofit entity, assists in so many other activities around the community. And, uh, and I know we wanted to highlight some things. As a matter of fact, I know you just came off of a very busy holiday season. It's, it's kind of funny because just before we, we got on the air here and started our podcast recording, you and I were discussing the fact that here we are in mid-January and people yeah. are still, people are wishing everybody a happy <laughs> new year. And some people aren't sure if that, that still qualifies, but I want to talk about the holidays. I think that's a, you know, sure. that's a great place to start. And, uh, even with the ongoing COVID situation, I know New Hope Community, over the last 
two years, really, over the two holiday seasons since all of this began, has been very involved in uh, in your tradition of giving, really, really. So talk to me a little bit about some of the things that happened uh, during the holiday season with New Hope Community. Sure. Well, you know, um, just to back it up a little bit, just in terms of the basis for our involvement with community outreach, I think here at New Hope Community, often not-for-profits see themselves as being on the receiving end of things. And I think that we really understand quite deeply that it goes both ways and that we are an organization that wants to help strengthen our community and be relevant in important ways. And just as much as we so appreciate support coming our way, we really want to address need that we see in our own community and lend a hand and lift people up. So our community outreach dinner, which we just had our fourth one on December 4th, um, it's just become a wonderful tradition. And the first two times we did it, it was in person. And then 21 and 20 ended up having to be obviously a different form because of COVID. So we had drive-through, which was right here on campus under one of our, our exterior awnings. And we literally were able to provide 400 meals. So we provided hot meals to 100 carloads of families and each meal that we provided served four and people literally were showing up an hour prior to the start and we had a flow of cars going all the way out to route 52 we had some staff volunteering with traffic control and it went really really well but we had it you know what mike it's the most fabulous thing because people are so appreciative you have a few minutes to like talk to them Um, with the drive-through of course you know they roll down their window we take a few minutes and exchange greetings we had one of our our young men dean who lives here on campus in one of our homes helping hand out the dinners and i was giving out the 25 dollars Shoprite gift cards and we had staff dressed up as santa and elves and they were getting candy canes for the kids and pics with santa and it's just the most incredible it's almost like a fellowship experience it's just really the thankfulness of the people receiving the meals, the coming together where we still could have our moments and just exchange some positive thoughts and holiday greetings and to know that we're able to provide that sort of support. We also had uh, a officer from Fallsburg PBA come by and we uh, presented a check to them to support their outreach efforts. And I will tell you, we have a lot of businesses and I hope you don't mind, but to me, it's just so wonderful. A lot of the businesses that supported us with our food. No, no, I'd absolutely. I wanted to mention the, you know, all your business partners, because you, you did have quite a long list of supporters that uh, donated to this effort. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, had, we had ShopRite, we had Sam's Club, Adams Farragher Farms, Red Lobster, Hannaford, Texas Roadhouse, Jenkins, Lupin Orchards, and Frito-Lay. And it was fabulous because anything yeah. that helps defray the cost of putting together a really nice full meal, again, for a family of four, I mean, it was just fantastic. So uh, my, my hope is moving forward that this is going to be a forever tradition at New Hope Community because I think it's, it's a, it's a wonderful connection oh absolutely absolutely and and you know during the holiday season too 
I'd also uh, heard about your Sullivan County Head Start Partnership, and I, I think that's really special, too. I wanted to, to talk a little bit about that because this involved adopting some children. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we love Head Start, and we've always had a close relationship with them. And at the holiday time, we end up getting all these little cards, which each child is filled out, and they put down their wish list of toys they're hoping Santa will bring them. And then we have staff adopt, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, however many they would like. We had 72 children that we ended up adopting. And then we go out and we shop and hopefully fulfill their wish list and we wrap everything up. And then our marketing and communications staff and a couple of others packed everything up in vehicles and drove it down and delivered it. And it's just fantastic. I mean, you know, whether it be providing food, especially when we know there's food insecurity in the county or bringing all sorts of really fun gifts to children who maybe wouldn't have as much under their Christmas tree. Um, it's just, again, it's a beautiful, wonderful way of giving back. So that's a, that's a happy thing for us to that's do. A, that's a very happy thing. And that's a, that's a tremendous effort. And, you know, it comes down to your staff, too, your volunteers. So many people put in, uh, I assume, extra time for getting a lot of this done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people love it. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because we've also done other things with Head Start and we used to have them come through all dressed up for Halloween and trick or treat. And we all had all sorts of treats for them. And there's certain things, obviously, with COVID that we haven't been able to do. So, I mean, we also presented them um, the executive director, Bertha, who who's just the, the coolest lady. And she came over. We had a few different representatives from um, other not-for-profits, and it included Head Start to give them a check that would also help with some of their expenditures that aren't necessarily, in their case, covered by grant dollars. Uh-huh. So, again, it's, it's all about investing in our community and helping out. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, hopefully some of those... Uh, Older traditions like the Halloween will will be coming back soon as we slowly get ourselves out of this situation. <laughs> I um, hope so. It makes a big difference. It really does. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I wanted to step back a bit and talk a, a, a little bit more about the the bigger picture because it's not just the holiday season that New Hope gets involved. Of course, you do a lot of activities within the community, and and one of those things, of course, that we hear a lot about from many of our community organizations is uh, food insecurity. I mean, we think about it nationally and globally, but there's no doubt there's a food insecurity uh, issue here in Sullivan County as well as, as so many communities. I know you've been, you've been sharing some resources. You've been doing your part in uh, fighting hunger and also working with SUNY Sullivan as well. So talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so no, it, it is such an important thing for us to be aware of, and it's it's a concern both locally and globally. And here in Sullivan, we, the students at the college, starting with SUNY Sullivan Community College, which we have a wonderful collaborative partnership with on many levels, um, some of their students don't have the financial resources to purchase meal plans and to really eat healthy. And we literally had a very successful food drive where we collected non-perishable and easy to prepare food and that was all donated to the college's food pantry in addition for the hope farm that we have 
on the college grounds, we literally are able to donate to community nutrition programs and also assist their culinary arts program that they have at the college. We gave over 2,000 pounds of donated fresh vegetables to local food pantries to include Sue Sullivan's food pantry. And we gave to the Federation for the Homeless, St. Peter's Food Pantry. We had Sullivan County Meals on Wheels. We also had the um, Mission Food Pantry of St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in South Fallsburg and the Sullivan County Federation for the Homeless. I mean, my our hat is off to all the people that represent these entities in terms of what they are doing to open their doors, keep those shelves stocked, and really reach out and speak to the food insecurity need that is in our midst. And so it is absolutely our privilege and pleasure to be able to not only do food drives for them, but several of the food pantries. We also, at the end of the year, had representatives come in and we presented checks to them as well so that they could also do some additional shopping to supplement yeah. what comes yeah. in as an item donation. Right. So, yeah. Can we uh, can we great. talk a little bit also about Hope Farm now? I run a, uh, a weekly ag program on on Thunder 102 and 1045 here in in Sullivan County, and and I've had the pleasure of of speaking with you know your directors and people that that manage the Hope Farm. It's a it's a tremendous and an interesting operation. This is an organic farm, and aside from the fact that it provides all this uh, material to all of these entities that we were just talking about. In and of itself, I mean, Hope Farm is a, is a very unique project that is really benefiting the community as well. So maybe we could we could just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is very multifaceted. We have people that go to our day habilitation program that go over and work in the fields. Um, as I said, we also support the culinary program there at the college and all of our food pantries. We also have delivery to all of our residential programs. Right. Um, every Friday they have pickup so that we are providing the homes that we support with as much fresh nutrition as possible. Um, I think that there, we had a collaborative partnership with BOCES this past summer, and mm -hmm. I think it was a six week program, and they had summer students come in, and they learned all about farming and, and the different herbs and veggies and, and how it grows and, and, and how you know you harvest it. And that was really successful. And I think that Megan, our head farmer, yeah. she had a couple of other school programs as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's really fabulous. It's fantastic to bring young minds in and really get them, you know, their fingers in the dirt and to really learn to commune with mother nature and understand the whole experience of farming the land and it's a so, lot it's a great experience too for a lot of new hope residents as well uh like you yeah. said that providing the food that this healthy food this healthy resource for yourselves as well as the community so it, it really is tremendous and i've spoken to megan before she does a tremendous job out there so uh um, yep. yeah i, I definitely really does. definitely wanted to give a shout out to to the hope farm out yeah i can throw in about the greenhouses on our campus as well which oh, megan sure. is also in charge of and so we do a lot in the winter months when the growing season at the farm is over mm -hmm. and they do microgreens and they're growing herbs and now she's doing this whole thing where they're making ginger lemongrass tea and um you know i'm telling you they wow. have a lot of cool stuff going yeah, on yeah yeah no absolutely so, 
So, um, you know, getting back to community as a whole, I know New Hope Community has also been a big, big supporter of our first responders, of course. So many people appreciate, I I think, you know, everybody, especially these days, has been appreciative of the work of our first responders. I know you've also done some projects or been in contact with with a lot of in the first responder community. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about that, Deborah. Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things we've really done there is financial support to them. Mm-hmm. And we really do recognize our first responders. They are so critical to supporting our community. And very specifically, they are so involved and wonderful in terms of supporting New Hope community. So we always remember them and support them in their fundraising events and also give donations at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what we would do without them. I mean, they're just absolutely critical. And a lot of the things that they go through, and especially now in the COVID environment, I mean, our hat is just absolutely off to them. So we definitely want to actively recognize them. We also provided some checks to the Liberty and the Monticello Rotary Clubs at the end of the year. You know, I was a Rotarian for 16 years in Westchester County, where I came from. Rotary is near and dear to my heart, and I absolutely love what they do within their own community as well as globally and um, across our country. And so I've spoken at both those clubs, and they're just the best group of people. They They're are, worker they bees, are. Yep. right? Liberty they and Monticello so Rotary. Stuff. The Liberty and Monticello Rotary clubs are incredibly active. And, and yep. like you said, both local and globally, and it, it's amazing some of the projects they get involved with. So there's no doubt about that. And and I know there are others on the list, too, and I don't want to leave people out, but, um, you know, other community partners and other people that, that you work with or organizations that you work with, uh, maybe you want to speak about? Well, we, we work with Garnet in terms of our regional medical center. I know Donna was just talking to me about an upcoming heartathon that we will be supporting in Sullivan 180, and we participate in some of their committee structures well, and some of their events as well. Yeah, well, that's our 98.3 WSUL heartathon, which is uh, coming oh, there up you on, go. yeah. Uh, and looking forward, <laughs> and looking forward to your participation. And I know things are are a little limited in terms of uh, you know we've got some specific time slots and all that where people will be visiting. Uh, I hope we'll we'll get a chance to see you out there. Uh, we will mm-hmm. have people on mm-hmm. site. This is happening at Resorts World Catskills, but we have we have toned it down a bit from our original plans due to the you know ongoing situation now too. But yeah. uh, certainly looking looking forward to that, and that's always a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of community support there. And, and, you know, it's an event that's been going on for, I, I'm going to give the wrong number now, 43 years? <laughs> 43 years? 44 years? I'd have, to, I'd have to look it up. I'm sorry. I wanted to kind of ask a um, more like a big picture question. And what I'm thinking about is, you know, the role of not-for-profits. I think the role of not-for-profits have evolved over the years. And these days, looking at this conversation we've had here, you relying on other not-for-profits, everybody getting together to to better the community. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you, do you see uh, that as being something that is growing? There's a lot of activity that comes from not-for-profits that maybe in the past we were expecting local governments to do or 
What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I do think that there's obviously an awful lot that local governments and and state and and on a federal government level provide for us, but it only can go so far. And I think it's just so critically important to always rise up as community partners. And I think that we are the ones who, again, on that grassroots level, can really know what we consist of, who we are, where the needs are, what our goals are in terms of our future as a community. And I think that rolling our sleeves up and being very specific to who we are as a collective is critically important to be on point and really accomplish what we know works for us. Every community has its nuances and its needs. And when you're on it and you get it and you really care deeply, then I think that's when action really takes place that matters. And I do think that it's growing. And I think Sullivan County, when I first came here three and a half years ago, you know, I saw the need almost immediately, and it was something that caught my attention. Um, but in very short order, I also started realizing, oh my gosh, we have a group of worker bees here that'll just about knock anybody's socks off. And that's a beautiful thing to see. And we want to support that. And we want to be a part of it because we're worker bees too. It all matters. We're in this together. So I think there's so much. I mean, when COVID gets in our rearview mirror, whenever that's going, to be. I mean, we'd love to roll out a few things that had to be put on hold. We'd like to have a volunteer program here. We'd like to have an internship program with BOCES where students can come in and learn about different departments, whether it be training or, hey, what do the mechanics do in the garage? Let me take a look at that. I'm interested in IT. Oh, I'm interested in HR or marketing. There's so many things that we could do together. We just partnered with the um, literacy volunteers in Monticello. And we literally started a a GED track hiring program where young people who have not been able to complete their high school diploma or GED can come into us and go on a six-month track where they can work here and complete their GED through Literacy Volunteers of America with our support. And then within six months, hopefully successful completion, they've got their GED in their back pocket, something they have for the rest of their life. And it's all these sorts of stitching together things that we just figure out how we can fit together and make things better. Uh, and and public private partnerships as well have been mm-hmm. uh, growing and uh, you know the the private partnerships uh, providing funding in many cases or the support that that a not for profit such as yours needs to to just kind of move into a, a different project or any kind of activity that you might be looking to grow so uh, I think there's a lot of potential there and I, I think that's a really really positive thing within the community no doubt about it your current partners now. I mean, are, are doing tremendous work as well as, you know, everybody that's working at New Hope Community. So, well, Deborah McGinnis, CEO of New Hope Community, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground. And really, I hope people are taking all this in and, and are appreciative of, of all the activity that's going on with uh, New Hope Community, uh, with uh, everyone who, who's there, who works there, who, who's volunteering, uh, your residents as well that are, that are putting in work with so many different activities. 
always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for for outlining all these things and and talking a little bit about New Hope Community and uh, your not-for-profit work. Well, it's always, always my pleasure, and I love talking with you. I love sharing information about us and things that have to do with our community that we are so very proud to be a part of. So thank you for this opportunity, and let's do this again sometime soon. I I hope so, and and perhaps, (laughs) as as you say, we we start seeing COVID kind of in the rearview mirror and and a lot of these new <laughs> new activities hopefully unfold. Uh, we'll definitely be be catching up on those things. Deborah McGinnis, CEO of New Hope Community. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks for listening to the Radio Bold News Pod. This is Mike Sakel. I'll be back soon with more conversations that you can find on Anchor, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And always at RadioBold.com. <laughs>